Curtin Cade mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. We want to throw a spotlight on Moody Aviation. Do you realize Moody Bible Institute trains missionary pilot mechanics and, uh, you know, those who can maintain airplanes and stuff? And, uh, yes, yeah, students develop technical and, and not just the technical skills, but the spiritual skills as well to equip them for mission work. We love Moody Aviation. They're based in Spokane in the Pacific Northwest. But uh, our friend Curtis Wilson from Moody Aviation is in Tampa, in the Tampa Bay area. And uh, we're like, oh, Curtis, you have to come in and uh, you have to, to chat with us and we want to hear some stories. So good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Kurt. How are you? Good Doing good fantastic. Thanks for coming in. And uh, well, how long have you been uh, with Moody Aviation anyway? How long has it been? It actually just started earlier this summer. Oh, okay. Uh, how did God lead you uh, to that position? I, really, God led us, my family, I say, uh, to Moody Aviation because of our son, who has a, a major interest in flying someday. Uh, he just turned 16 in November, uh, but has been up in the air since he was 12 years old and enjoying uh, flying. Wow. And uh, Are you a pilot, too? I am not. I've just <laughs> always had a fascination with flight. Um Originally went into the Army, wanted to be a helicopter pilot, but my vision prevented me from doing that. Yeah. So, I uh, have always followed along and, and still love planes and being up in the air. I uh, just can't fly them. <laughs> you know, right, Kate used to right. be a wing walker. No, Did you know that? I was not. <laughs> no, my planes. dad once flew yeah. a couple of biplanes, though. So. Sure. Yeah, back then. And, you know, we do the fly-in in Lakeland quite often, and Moody people will come there and aviation pilot, mush, missionary pilots from all over. Whenever you talk to anyone else who hasn't didn't go to Moody, they all work with people from Moody. Yeah. I mean, Moody is pervasive in the missionary pilot field. It is, and a, and a lot of people... There is some confusion. They they hear Moody Aviation. They assume we send people directly to the field right. as part of Moody Aviation. Um, and really, it's our partnerships with other mission agencies like MAF, like JARS, like mm-hmm. – um, but you so train many. them. We right. train them, and then they right. go out, and they're about half the pilots in the world was we, pilots. We did a survey, I believe, a little over two years ago, and it came back with 52% of the active missionary pilots and mechanics around the globe have wow. graduated from the Moody Aviation Program. That's 52. a very big deal. I, I love this. Okay, so... What does this degree program look like? I kind of alluded to it. You have to have the technical skills, but it's not just that. I mean, it's a calling from God to do this, and the spiritual part of it is vital. Yeah, and and that, uh, Kurt, that's really one of the things that uh, drew me to want to be a part of Moody Aviation as a career um, was their focus on missionary first. Uh, All of our students that come to Moody Aviation, whether they're coming for the pilot or the maintenance program, their entire first year is biblical studies. Uh, They don't touch a plane until their second year. Uh, It's after that that they all work on their A&P license, and typically in their third year is when they decide which track they're going to take, pilot or maintenance. What kind of airplanes do they fly? Uh, mostly Cessnas. Uh, we have a variety of planes, and, and I wrote down the list just to keep track of our fleet, uh, which is ever-changing. Uh, we have everything from 150, 172s, 182s, 185, and 206s. 
Okay, Kate, you know what all that means, right? <laughs> sure. Planes. <laughs> Airplanes. <laughs> and engines and stuff. Yeah. Well, and duct tape. Yeah. A, there's a story about duct tape. Yeah. Isn't there? <laughs> there there's all kinds of stories about duct tape. That <laughs> there's always a story about Seriously, duct tape. Seriously, it's a lifesaver. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you teach them how to use WD-40, too? I, they learn to use a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> as we know, most of these students aren't going to be serving in places like Tampa or right. Chicago. Uh, they're in places like Papua New Guinea, uh, the the bush of Alaska, where resources can sometimes be limited. So uh, it, it's, it's very much why we do what we do in our skills training, why we are a little bit more intensive than most schools, uh, teaching them what they need to know just in case. They have to land I mean, and airstrips that are not really airstrips sometimes, yes, right? they're so short, <laughs> some of them. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and that is well, – so we get a lot of people that come to us, and, and at these things like Sun and Fun and Oshkosh, where we have a lot of people that approach us about their kids coming to Moody Aviation, and they will say, well, my son or daughter will already have their private pilot's license. Can they get out of, you know – a year or two of school. And we try to explain to them there's a whole lot more to missionary aviation than just your normal private pilot's license. And, um, you know, we, we teach them how to land and take off on unimproved strips like grass strips, like dirt, gravel strips, water runways, uh, high elevation stuff. And they're also working with these local villagers on how to uh, construct and develop these runways. So the pilots, not only do they have to know how to take care of their planes and how to fly their planes, they need to know the technical background on how to develop a runway, where, what kind of material is best for that, you know, what kind of slope left and right, up and down uh, is sufficient to land their planes on. So there's a whole lot more to it. Okay. So Curtis, let's talk about some stories here. Um, again, you mentioned you've been with Moody Aviation, what about a year and change? Yes. Okay. So what about a story or two that you could share with us that really kind of highlights the mission? I'm sure there are a million stories, but let's just pick uh, maybe one. Sure. Uh, you know, one of the things that always encourages me when I'm in Spokane at the school is the maturity of our students. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's just they're there for a different purpose. And I think one of the things that brings that maturity on also is our staff and our instructors at Moody Aviation. Over 80% of our instructors are on loan from other mission agencies. Uh, so they're here on home assignment or have had to come back to the States for one reason or another from the fields that they were serving in. Yeah. Uh, so these instructors uh, bring years of experience with them, uh, whether that's, you know, in the jungles of Papua New Guinea or Indonesia, uh, to the deserts of Africa, to the frozen tundra of Alaska, uh, and, and understanding what it's like to be a missionary on the field with a family. Uh, a, more than just the aviation side of things. So, you know, it's always a, a thrill for me to, when I'm in Spokane to sit down and 
talk with some of these students, whether it's a first-year student or a fifth-year student, and just hear their stories of what brought them to Moody Aviation and where God's leading them to serve, if they know that. Some don't know. Uh, but, you know, just to hear each individual story and how God's leading them through mm. this journey, because it's a very long journey in the case of aviation. Uh, we're talking about five years of school, and then it's at least a year to two years of onboarding with a mission agency. So we're talking seven years of commitment just to get to the field somewhere. You would give up if you were not called to this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, 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 and I think that's, you know, we see that in our students, the, again, the maturity, the seriousness of this, uh, we like to call it adventure that God, <laughs> that God has them on. Uh, and, and just how they're working through that year after year after year. Um, we, we have the privilege of having such good relationships with the mission agencies we work with that they're constantly coming to our campus and talking to our students, telling them about Mission Aviation Fellowship and where they serve or telling them about JARS and the type of, you know, planes and helicopters that they're using in the field. You mentioned JARS. That's yes. the abbreviation for? Uh, uh, I, jungle, air. Yes. And radio? Isn't that in there, too? Yeah. If yeah. not, it should be. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what the second A is for. <laughs> Producer Mark, do some research. JARS is short for, J-A-A-R-S. you know, it's on the tip of my tongue, too. J-A-A-R-S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Jungle, Jungle Aviation and Radio, and radio Service. Service. Radio yeah. Service, there it is. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so, I mean, just in the name, you know where you're going if you serve with JARS. Yes. Yeah. But they're, they're, again, fabulous people, and as Kate was saying earlier, um, you, you go to any of those mission agencies, MAF, the Dave Holston from MAF, who's the president, is a Moody Aviation grad. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, Moody Aviation is reflected across all those mission agencies. Have you ever had, in your conversations with these students, have you ever had a one-on-one conversation about not just the calling, but the risks involved? Uh, well, yes, absolutely. Um, and I think that's discussions you see all the time with between our students and our instructors, especially as they progress in their education, as they get closer to graduating and going with a mission agency. Um, because number one, your students are getting older. You know, maybe they're in a relationship. We have a lot of married students in our program. Uh, so they... We all know what it's like to be married and then have children. There's a lot more at stake than just, you know, a, a young person that's full of adrenaline sure. and, yeah. you know, excitement. Not just about me. Right. So what is it like to go and serve in those places with a wife, with a child? You know, there's more responsibility in that if, you know, someone gets ill, someone gets right. hurt. You know, how do I take care of my family? Those sorts of things that um, all becomes reality as they get closer to graduation. And let's be honest, that's true for anyone who is a missionary. I mean, sure. the risks that are involved there. But you know, when the Lord calls you, you know, the challenging words of Jesus, oh my goodness, he who wants to save his life will lose it. 
Yeah. But he who who saves his, you know, he who wants to to pursue my gospel, you know, he's he who loses his life for my sake will find it. This is a principle throughout life for us as believers. But when you see it in such a vivid way with these students and those who become missionaries, that's where the rubber meets the road in all of this. So I think a good question for all of us this morning as we even address this is, um, have I surrendered everything to Jesus? Am I willing to follow him wherever he leads? Sometimes when it comes to, we sing the song, I surrender all, but a lot of times what we really mean is I surrender some. And we need to uh, be committed wherever God has, has called us, willing to go. Or how do I put it, ready to stay, willing to go, I guess is a, a good way to put it. And I think that uh, youth definitely is a, is a good thing because we're more pliable, more flexible. A lot of the students are young. But I think that's a good word for all of us, right? Because everybody in the studio here, we're not 20-somethings, are we? Okay, Kate. Yeah, Not supposed me. To laugh. It's supposed been to... a long time since I was. <laughs> there was total silence on this. So we all no. need. My point is, we all need to be flexible and willing to go where God calls Absolutely. us to go, and we all yeah. need to accept risk. And I think we become very adverse to risk. I'll get off my soapbox, Curtis, in a minute. Uh, I think we become very adverse to risk because we pursue the comfortable life. And we want to see the hand of God in our lives. We want to see miracles. The problem is we just don't want to be in a situation where we need one. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think one of the things we, we have to understand when we're talking about missionary aviation, these missionaries, they are using airplanes because they're going to the places that you can get there no other way. Yeah. So they're going to places that are so far removed from what we would call civilization that that's a risk in itself. I mean, you you don't know what you're going into sometimes. You don't know all the risks that are involved even until you get there. Right. Yes. I, yeah. This is true. And this is sobering to think about, you know, I mean, it's, I think you really have to be called into this. I, I of course, it seems to me, you know, a it's specific not, calling. So yeah. how do you know? All right, Curtis, I'm going to put you on the spot here. How do you know when God's calling you to do something like this? What's your, as a follower of Jesus, you've been following Jesus for years. How do you know when he has a call on your life? Well, I think for me, I've discovered I can't run away from it. There, <laughs> it's there's, compelling. There's no way to get away from yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, and I, I, I always share with people, you know, I, I'm really good at sticking my foot in the doors that God's trying to close, and I'm really good at pushing my way through doors that God <laughs> is closing, and, you know, but it, it's, it's really understanding that why am I continuing to feel this way, or why am I continuing to see and be exposed to these things that are leading me towards something that I don't feel like I want to do. Well, you know what? We tend to feel inadequate, you know, and right. that's the way God and works. And that's how, yeah, how it should be, because yeah. try something that you cannot achieve on your own to see God at work. Even though he gives you interests, passions, gifts, and abilities, mm -hmm. yes. when you see that task, you're like, who is adequate? Like Paul said, who is adequate for these things? Well, my adequacy is from the Lord. That's the bottom line. When I'm weak then I'm strong because uh, God 
wants to make sure that pride doesn't kill us. Yeah. And it's real easy for that to happen. Thanks for listening to Curtain Gate Mornings Podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.